This is the Copper Creek Contractors. You're in Line 9 Nation, WCIA 3-in-1 Podcast. Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 Podcast. Brett Barons and Courtney Lane Brewer here talking about Illinois basketball's 105-97 win over Minnesota. We're calling this one defense optional because... Illinois puts up 100 plus points in a Big Ten game in regulation, the most in 30 years since 1994. Since the whole roster was born. Yes, before the insane, <laughs> right? Like, think about that. That is crazy that Illinois has not put up this many points in a Big Ten regulation game in that long. They shoot 61% from the field. They allow Minnesota to shoot 60% from the field and make 14 threes. Defense is not this team's strong suit at this point. Courtney, you were courtside to see this one. A lot of buckets being scored from both teams. And at this point, does Illinois just say we're not a good defensive team? Well, let's just see if we can outscore people. At this point, I think exactly that. You just have to go into this game if you're Illinois thinking, well, we're going to score as many points as we can, see what happens from there. It was a really electric, exciting game. Definitely way closer than people anticipated it being what was the line 12 and a half uh, yep about that ended up being a one two three math seven point eight point game really not what i don't think anyone was expecting to see from illinois tonight but you can dog on the deep lack of defense rather you can dog on stuff like that but when you look at the game you've got multiple guys in double digits probably one of the strongest across the board scoring performances since bragging rights and a team that is really fired up and glad to have this one in their back pocket. Quincy told me on the court after the game that they are, and I know everyone says this, but told me they are very much in a one game at a time mindset and that they just take this one and move on to the next one. He said they've got their eyes pretty set on this Purdue game, but of course got to get through the Badgers first. Look, if they're going to score this many points, I think they're going to um, win some games. I thought it was interesting, Brad, after. I mean, you have to at this. Just said, like, you know, it's a guards game in the NCAA tournament. He's not wrong. They're going to have to score a lot of points. He's not wrong. I do think the defense is going to be problematic. If you're not scoring this many points in an NCAA tournament game or in a Big Ten tournament game, you're going to have some trouble. They're, they're not going to be able to put up this many points in every single game. But in the last three weeks, they have. And when you have 10 guys in double figures in the game, this is what you get. Five on each side. Terrence Shannon Jr. with 29. He's matched by Dawson Garcia, who also has 29 points. Then you got Marcus Domask scoring 22. And the crazy thing about Marcus is that he put up 18 of those 22 in the second half. Really slow first half, but able to dial it up in the second. Coleman Hawkins comes out really good to start. Scores the first eight points of the game for the Illini. He finishes with 20. And then you've got the, the role players there with Dane Danger with 11 and, and Quincy Garrier with 10, making four of his six shots. And so I feel like you said the balance. That's absolutely true. Which is funny because that's what Brad Underwood was harping on in praising Minnesota for ahead of yeah. this game. He said they're balanced, they're balanced, they're balanced. But then you go and have a game like this. And I think it was important too that Cam Christie, an Illinois native, a guy Illinois recruited early on, but then didn't really kind of follow through with at the end, kind of backed off. He had 17 in the first half, only mm -hmm. scored six in the second half. I thought that was really, really important. And 
they get that balance too, right? They also have five guys in double figures. And, you know, you got Pharrell Payne with 15 in there. Uh, Mitchell scores 17. And, like, look, the days of Bruce Weber, 38-33 Penn State game, the infamous lowest scoring game of all time, craziness, right? Like, the, it just seems like an NBA game, right? Like, so what we're I'm playing learning, NBA basketball. What I'm learning is that in my time here, Big Ten football is going to be low scoring, but they're going to make up for it at the spring. I guess. With I mean, two hundred points. Is it going to be low scoring? I don't know. With the Pac-12 teams coming in here now, we'll see how big Big Ten football looks, right? But like the Michigan defense, number one in the country, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And look, it, it was really good. So maybe it's all going to change going forward. I don't know. But this looks like an NBA game to me, and uh, just really defense optional. It was 48-45 at the half, Illinois up three. They only upped the ante in the second half, 57-52, to the second half scoring. Uh, Illinois plus five there to finish at that 105-97 total. Listen, is every opponent going to be able to hit 69% from three? or um, I'm sorry, 70%, forgive me, that 1%, from three. Minnesota went 14 of 20 from three. <laughs> the lack of perimeter defense, and they hit seven in the first half, was just incredible to mm -hmm. me. Like, uh, the, I, don't, I don't know how you go about this. Like You're just not a good defensive team. I'll I think you just got to own it at some point. Yeah, right? I'll say it. I thought that the Garcia Payne thunder and lightning thing was a little bit overhyped going into this game because you know coaches say those kinds of things about their players coaches give their players little catchy things that are going to blow up on twitter but they showed that tonight those two were dominant in the paint behind the arc complete scoring effort from them too and then they also have again a completely balanced game so i was really impressed with what they were able to do and you know, you watch Ben Johnson. I'm not sure how much eligibility those guys have left, but this is year three under Ben Johnson. You already almost have a better record in Big Ten play than you did overall last season. I think this could be a little scary for the future of opponents of the Golden Gophers. Uh, look, they're having a great bounce back season. Picked to finish last in the preseason poll, uh, and they are way outperforming their their expectations credit to them and, and credit to ben johnson like i think this is a pretty good basketball team sort mm -hmm. of the night seventh in the league and look i think they can make some noise like are they going to be an ncaa tournament team no but the fact that i think they can make a little run at the big ten tournament is mm -hmm. in their home city in minneapolis it's at the target center so it's not like it's at the barn but still why can't they go make a run? I, yeah. I, if they're going to make 14 threes, they can beat a lot of teams there. Dark horse of the tournament, question mark? Maybe. I mean, I don't I don't doubt that. And if Illinois is going to continue on this clip, in the last five games, Courtney, averaging 94.2 points in those games, and they're 4-1 and one in that. Well, they better be good in that. They yeah. should be 5-0. and oh. Penn State, the only loss last well. Wednesday, and they still scored 89 in a loss. The problem is they gave up 90 at Penn State. Look, if you're going to average 94.2 points per game, you're going to win a lot of games, mm -hmm. or at least you should, right? But yeah. if you don't play defense, my concern, like I mentioned, is just the fact that uh, in the NCAA tournament, any team uh, can beat you if you have an off shooting night. After tonight, Illinois and Ken Palm up to the number three offensive efficiency in the country. Like that is wow. insane how much offense they are putting up. Alabama, the number one offensive team in the country in terms of efficiency. And you've got Purdue 
at number mm, two. That was you my next question. those Boilermakers, they're here in Champaign next Tuesday night in the home finale for the Illini. You're going to see two top five offenses wow. in the country in terms of offensive efficiency. That's I not mean, points scored per game. That's all based 220? off. they <laughs> I don't know, right? Um, the offensive efficiency based off of how many points you would score out of 100 possessions. And so Illinois uh, far exceeding that now. On that metric alone, 125.7. Defense, though, Courtney, this mm. is the problem. <laughs> After tonight, down to 94th in the country in, the in terms country. of wow. defensive efficiency. Once again there, right? How many points you would allow in 100 possessions. And so they're right there with the likes of uh, how about Butler? Uh, the dogs falling massively tonight. One spot below Illinois, Drake. You're in the the doldrums there of Minnesota, Penn State, Ohio State. Ironically enough, Florida Atlantic, 103 in adjusted defensive efficiency. It's team that owls. Illinois had beaten already. So like the defense has been slipping big mm -hmm. time. The offense mm -hmm. certainly there, and I think you just got to ride it at this point. Hey, Illinois is an offensive team. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the best offensive team Illinois had since the 2005 Final Four team. The thing is that that team could defend a whole lot better. Right. Um, this team cannot. And so we'll see how that plays out uh, here going forward. Mm -hmm. But I thought some other takeaways from tonight that were really impressive. We mentioned Marcus Domask in the second half, really turning it on, playing some booty ball. Mm -hmm. But I thought Dane Danger. He's played well against Minnesota in his career. It's his hometown team. Mm -hmm. But I thought his 11 points yeah. in 19 minutes, four or five from the floor, and he made three straight free throws. Yeah, I was really rooting for Dane Danger in this game. After coming in today and watching what he did against Minnesota here last year, I was like, oh, wow, he can really ball out against them once again. Derek Piper and I spoke on the pregame show about how he has just been this secret weapon that Illinois pulls out when they need. And there was a moment in the first half where he and Coleman were just taking turns, alternating on who was on the court. And they were both, obviously, Coleman scored more, but they were both capitalizing on those opportunities. So I was really happy for Danger. You mentioned booty ball. I noticed a moment on the sidelines. I watched, and I, I'm not a lip reader, but I watched Brad Underwood pull in Marcus Damask and Terrence Chin Jr. and say, rap, booty ball, rap, booty ball. And then Marcus Damask just like slammed one. And I was like, okay, we're back with this. <laughs> just a fun little moment that I caught tonight when sitting on the sidelines. And I think it's going to work for them. I, that's my recipe there as I look at it as long-term success is if you can play that booty ball style. And, mm -hmm. and I think it will work for them. Um, and that's a recipe for success offensively. It all certainly depends on matchups. But uh, for me, if, if you can win with guards like mm -hmm. Terrence Shannon and Marcus Domask, um, if, if you can have solid outputs from them, you're going to have a chance mm -hmm. in March. And this shuts the door on February. Yeah, that's Next insane. game Illinois plays is March. This is the time where they need to find success. And they're finding that through Terrence Shannon Jr. His 29 tonight's. Now goes a stretch here where the last one, two, three, four, five, six games, five out of six games, he's had 27 or more points. And how about Terrence Shannon Jr. doing what you should do with media criticism, which is taking it and letting it light a fire under your butt. 
Brad Underwood says he comes into the coach's locker room ahead of the game after Raphael Davis at the Big Ten Network <laughs> said some less than ideal things about his defensive performance and showed him, proved him wrong. And so I was really impressed with that from Terrence Shannon Jr. tonight. And I love when a guy can see that and say, okay, I'm not going to take that to heart. I'm not going to let that hinder my performance or get mad about it. I'm going to say, okay, here's what I can do. And we saw that from Terrence Shannon Jr. tonight, coupled with a 29-point scoring effort. So really strong night for him. I also saw a lot of on- and off-court leadership from Terrence Shannon Jr. tonight. He was vocal in pretty much every huddle I saw. He and Brad Underwood discussing plays together and drawing things up. I was really excited to see that from him because, you know, you can go through a period of missing games and kind of fall out of that habit, but he has not done that. And you need guys like that who are 29-point leaders on the court to be leaders off the court. And so I'm really happy to see that from Terrence. And look, no matter what you think of all the off-the-court stuff, right, all right, we can right, talk right. about is what he's doing on the court. He's still not Which is made available to points. media. I don't expect him to be made available anytime soon. Mm-mm. We just got to uh, talk about what we see, right? And what we see is him on the court, and that's what we can continue to go by here. And what he's been on is an absolute tear. You take mm-hmm. away uh, the 12-point game against Iowa where that was his lowest and one of his lowest of the season. But, like, you take that game away here, and and he is even higher. But now at 21.9 points per game this season, and this this last five, six-game stretch here has is, is really elevated that. Mm-hmm. He's second in the Big Ten in scoring. He gets a couple of watch list awards, which tells me that people are, I don't want to say getting over, but, like, maybe just focusing on what's on the court, and that's what's been told that he can do. Separating and the art from the artist. Yeah, I like that. That's a good way to put mm-hmm. it. That, like, hey, look, this stuff isn't going away off the court, but all mm-hmm. he can do, all Illinois can do, is what they've been told, and that's that he can play. And so I think you've got to be able to separate that in, in some form or fashion. And so, um, you know, from the athletic side, he absolutely deserves to be in those conversations because he is one of the best players in the country. And you see that night in and night out for what he's been able to do and and his impact on the court. There's just not many 6'6". I think he's closer to 6'7", guys, um, that that can do what he does, especially getting downhill. And and his ability to do it at so many different levels Mm -hmm. is is what separates him. And, And he looks like a draft pick out there. Now, what all comes of that, no idea as yes. he moves forward with his It's also process. not our job to say. Our job to no. say is 29-point performance, defensive stud, who is showing that he can step up and be a leader to back up what he's doing on the court. Right. And I'm really pleased with that. And his rebounding continues to show that. Look, that's been a little bit up and down. And what Brad's, was his rebounding tonight? He had six rebounds. Okay. Brad's questioned him, and rightfully so. There's been some games where he just has not rebounded the ball at yeah. all. And that deserves some criticism in that. But, you know, if you go somewhere in the middle of, okay, he had 11 rebounds at Penn State, six tonight, I feel like that's a good number. If he can be in that five to seven Mm -hmm. rebound number a night, he's going to positively impact this team on the boards. And that's where he was at tonight. And and I think that's a really, really good spot for him to try and find that niche. 
as Illinois once again wins the rebounding battle 31-23. The other part of that, Courtney, is there's just not going to be many rebounds when you're scoring 105 points because Correct. that means the ball's going in uh, a lot of times in that. Illinois on the night shoots 45% from three. But once again, they gave up 70% of makes from beyond the arc for Minnesota. It just, it's like, and I love Brad too saying afterwards about like trying to pressure the ball. He's like, oh, if you find teams that uh, pressure the ball a lot, they lose, which is funny because, and this was before your time, but that's all his teams used to do. Oh, really? Pressure the ball and force turnovers. And his teams were bad and he shifted from that, which is just funny how it's like, come to this now where yeah. he's out here scoring a uh, hundred points 105 and, points. you know breaking 30-year records out here in, in big 10 games and this conference in the big 10 that has been known forever as this defensive league right, right. like you got games in the 50s and 60s very common in that and yet here they are uh, out here and it's not just illinois illinois is now 105 90 95 against Iowa, correct? Yep. But these other teams are also up there. I mean, what yeah, is going well, scoring's on? Up for sure. And it's it just looking at the NBA model. And that's why I said earlier, they're just playing NBA basketball out there and taking a bunch of threes. And mm -hmm. um, Brad says he's okay with that. And they're just going to go out there and chuck them. If they can make them, then you're going to score uh, mm -hmm. in the, the 80s, high 80s and 90s, and maybe even 100. And, and uh, you're going to give yourself a chance to win some games. And so now Illinois goes to Wisconsin on Saturday, a team that will give Illinois a quad one opportunity. This is a team in Wisconsin that's really struggled after a great January. Mm -hmm. They have fallen off for sure, but they're still in the net metrics. A really, really good team. 22 in the net. Illinois after tonight's win moves up to 16 in the net. One spot up uh, from them. We'll see, actually, that's not updated yet. All right, so they're still looking at one uh, couple games here coming mm -hmm. up. We'll wait on the net. They were at 16. Um, they'll have a chance to move up. I would expect they would move up a little bit in that mm -hmm. um, with with how those metrics go tonight. Regardless, it's going to be a quad one opportunity for Illinois on the road at Wisconsin. And then you get Purdue. And so you got to keep winning here mm -hmm. uh, if you're Illinois. But Wisconsin, it's, it's fascinating how they have really just fallen off i mean yeah this was a team that was on cloud nine in january yeah and they do have some good wins uh earlier in the season but they also uh have some bad losses here so just overall how do you feel about this team in the last three games they got at wisconsin purdue and then at iowa to close it out well i'll answer your question with a question how does environment factor into this game? I don't know anything about playing at Wisconsin. Uh, it's it's not all my like, childhood trauma with Wisconsin is in the Final Four. Okay, yeah, there you <laughs> go. Um, it's it's not like a super super imposing environment. Okay. Which Wisconsin fans would probably hate saying. I would rank it like middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Okay, then yeah, I feel strongly that Illinois can go into this and just pad their resume a little bit, but I also. I mean, there was even a moment tonight where with a minute or two left, Illinois was up six or so, and I was I had a moment of, oh, no, are they about to let what happened at Penn State happen again? Right. Can they close it out? It wasn't even looking like that would happen, but just those memories are in my head. And so I think if you cannot make those silly mistakes that we've seen a couple of times this season from Illinois, and the, every team makes them, I think you can pad your resume a little bit with this win and really just get locked in on Purdue. I don't see this 
team from a player perspective or from a coaching perspective as a group to overlook a game, at least in my experience, having been with the team for two months now, I don't really think that they will overlook this Wisconsin game and just start locking in on Purdue too soon. I really think they'll give it its due diligence, go up there, put on another scoring masterclass, and then come back here and try to get back to the promises they made in December. The overs have certainly been good for uh, Illinois fans mm -hmm. who are into that kind of thing as uh, this team is putting up some points. So going into the month of February, Wisconsin was 16-4 and four and 8-1 and one in the conference, ranked 13th in the country. They proceeded to rattle off four straight losses. You and I sat in our office and watched that Nebraska loss. Yep. Five, and five of six losses. If you add it all together, it's six of eight since then. And the Badgers are coming off a four-point loss at Indiana as they mm. head into the game on Saturday. This is a team that is playing for seeding. I think Wisconsin's still in uh, NCAA tournament, like, I don't say lock here, but, like, they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. It's just a matter of seeding for them. Mm -hmm. And what has been an awful February. Maybe they're more excited to get to March here yeah. to try and turn the turn It's the like, page. let's get through the leap day and get to the third month of the calendar. I mean, six of eight losses oh, in February. That's tough. That is a bad stretch. That's tough. But that you know, something we said, say a lot at home is, and I, I like have a shirt that says it, is nothing matters until March. Yep. There Especially you go. in these leagues like the Big Ten, like the SEC. Nothing matters until you're getting to these final stretches where you are really pleading your case for here's what I can do, here's why I should be in the tournament or be seated higher in the tournament. Right, and seeding for them going to be a huge deal. They've fallen out of the top 25, rightfully so, after uh, their tough month. And that includes losses at Rutgers, at Michigan, and then that started the month at with a loss at Nebraska. And how about the Huskers here? They're playing in themselves into a, Your boy. a double bye. Kese Tomanaga, I love him. Um, just plays with so much joy, happiness, shucks the three, great. Uh, he's a fantastic basketball player. And so uh, Nebraska playing its way up. But when you look at the standings, uh, this is kind of crazy how it, how it plays out here. Going into March, remember March, just a couple of days away here in the Big Ten now. One day. One day, right? By the time anyone's listening to this, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be almost March. And so, um, Purdue fourteen and three, Illinois two games back now at twelve and five, Northwestern eleven and six, Nebraska ten and seven, and Wisconsin ten and seven. With uh, Michigan State following nice road at, win at for nine the Cats eight. tonight. Yep, they did. Uh, went to Maryland and got a win there. Yeah. And so, with this win tonight, Courtney, I think Illinois has essentially all but locked up a double bye. It's not done yet, but like the next team down there would be Wisconsin or Michigan State. You got to get that top four. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about that. They win at Wisconsin, I think they're all but locked into that. Yeah, I agree. Quote unquote. Um, some things could certainly happen there if you lose uh, to Purdue and Iowa, but like they're in a great position to get that double bye yes. once again. You and, said something uh, I can't huge. shake. I didn't realize Wisconsin had lost at Michigan. That yeah, is a great. giant <laughs> red flag on your resume yeah. this season. I think it's going to be tough uh, to go up there and win, but this offense, we'll see if it travels. And if it does, and they're able to 
uh, get a win in Madison, then I think uh, Atlanta fans are going to be feeling really good mm-hmm. here uh, heading into that Tuesday game against Purdue where you got to win. Uh, Illinois has got to win out here if they're going to make a run to try and get a tie of that Big Ten title, and that will include uh, Tuesday's matchup against Purdue. All right, Illinois wins it 105-97 over Purdue. Courtney's got a one-on-one chat live on the court with Quincy Guerrier after the game. Appreciate his time to come chat with us mm-hmm. about the – offensive explosion in the win over the Gophers. Watch the highlights and the entire post-game press conference there on WCIA.com. For Courtney, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again Saturday after that Illinois-Wisconsin game. Early tip, noon from the Kohl Center in Madison. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time here on the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. This has been the Copper Creek Contractors, your Illini Nation WCIA 3-in-1 podcast.